1: welcome to the insomnia project sit back relax and listen as we have a calm conversation on a variety of topics or perhaps we'll just stick to one topic on this particular episode we hope you're able to sort of just chill relax be worry-free and who knows even sleep i'm your host marco timpano and joining me once again is a dear friend from los angeles Leslie Seiler, welcome to the Insomnia Project.
0: Oh, thank you, Marco. I'm so happy to be back here again.
1: So great. We had a wonderful uh, holiday episode with Leslie and our holiday episodes only are up for the month of December and a little bit of January. So you'll have to wait till next year to hear that episode again. Mm -hmm. But I was fortunate enough to have Leslie say, yeah, I'll come back on the podcast and we'll do another episode. So here she is. Oh,
0: absolutely. And very excited. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, Leslie, I know you as a talented writer, director, and first and foremost, anyways, actor, comedian, improviser. That's, that's what's dear to my heart when I think of Leslie Siler. <laughs> but you also have a great talent when it comes to flower arranging. Tell me about that.
0: It is my hidden it's my secret talent I tell a lot of people even though um I do post about it a lot on social media so it's not so secret but
1: <laughs>
0: still a lot of people don't know. Um yeah, I um have this secret skill as a florist as a floral designer. Um and it started because way back in high school like my first like after school job just ended up being at a flower shop. It was just a flower shop looking for a clerk. And so I applied, and I ended up working at a place called Plant Care Plus.
1: <laughs> Good old which- Plant Care Plus.
0: Plant Care Plus in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, and uh, they uh, the the lady who ran it um, or who was the manager she sort of just took me under her wing. I guess she liked me, and so she just started teaching me um, because it had a small it was mostly plants but had a small floral department as well, and she just started teaching me how to arrange flowers. And so she would even give me little assignments or say, okay, make something like this or try this. And, um, so she really let me play around and practice because I think it is a skill that truly only through practice can you, you know, th- there might be, um, some innate talent in that you might have an eye for color or, or something like that. Um, but really practicing, I think makes
1: is, is the key to a good florist. I see. Okay. So practice makes perfect when it Mm -hmm. comes to uh, flower arranging. Mm -hmm. So Leslie, can you give us some other secret tips one should know when they're approaching a flower arrangement?
0: Absolutely, I can. Um, So this is almost going to sound absolutely contradictory to what I just said, but just follow your instincts.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And I mean that truthfully, like if you do start playing around with flower arranging, then just truly start playing around with it, which maybe does connect to practice making perfect. But it means, um, you know, if you're drawn to certain colors, play within those colors. Um, You know, if you want to, if you love all whites, then grab all kinds of white flowers and put those together and just sort of start, I think, playing with it. Because again, I I guess this does match that. It's just practice makes perfect. So my biggest um, advice would be just to start, you know, grab some, um, you know, you can even at the grocery store, um, you can get pre-made bouquets, but you can also get, sometimes they'll have like different clumps of flowers. So you can get a whole batch of, you know, tulips and a whole batch of, you know, um, roses and a whole batch of daisies or whatever it is, and just play around with putting those together um, sort right. of vases and such. The Thanks. other thing, cause I think this is key is don't be afraid to cut them short. I think a lot of people, when they get, a, especially when you get a bouquet and you think, um, cause this will happen a lot. People get a bouquet or some flowers from the store and they just kind of clip off the bottom and put them in. And then in the vase, you know, your vase is so wide that the flowers are all kind of flailing everywhere. So don't be afraid to kind of clump them together in your hand, make them a little bit shorter in your vase. They'll kind of stay together a little bit more. So that's kind of a fun tip as well.
1: When you cut, mm-hmm. are we supposed to cut our flowers on an angle?
0: You are. And okay. oh. uh, and with a knife, if possible, because when you cut them with scissors, so a lot of people will cut them with scissors or clippers. It's basically when you cut with the scissors, it cuts it, but it also closes the 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 pores, basically, because scissors close on each other, right? If you think right. about it. But if you cut with a knife, so ideally kind of on an angle and cut away from yourself, on an angle Um, and even just like a paring knife or something will work. I actually have floral knives, obviously, which you can buy on, you know, you can go onto Amazon and Google floral knife. They're not expensive if you're really passionate. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, Yeah. But doing on an angle, because also the angle just makes the area of the, the, of, um, what's like the the area of the, what's... The
1: surface area?
0: That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. The surface yeah. area w- that the water um, can get up into the flower is bigger if you do it on an angle. And it, I it, see. Yeah, it opens the pores wider, basically.
1: What a brilliant tip, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that if you use scissors, if I'm hearing what you're saying, you're yeah. kind of pinching the flower and crushing it, right? Exactly. Whereas with a knife, you're making a clean cut that keeps the... Um, the flower open or the stem open to receive the water that it needs to stay alive.
0: You summed that up perfectly. (laughs) That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Okay. So that brings me to leaves. I -hmm. heard somewhere that you're supposed to remove any leaf that would be in the water. So strip it uh, so that whatever gets submerged, there's no leaf in the water.
0: Exactly. You are correct because le- yes, so you can either you can do that with your hands if it's, you know, a non-thorny flower. So don't do it with a rose cuz you'll, you know, if you if you run your hand down a rose stem, you might get full of uh, full of thorns. Right. But any other flower, you just sort of put your fingers around the stem and just pull down, right? Down the stem mm-hmm. and take all the leaves with you. Um and the reason for that is because the water will get murky faster. And then once you start to get kind of start getting moldy, gross brown water, which is what the leaves will do because they start to disintegrate, obviously, in the water. And then your flowers aren't getting nice, fresh, clear water. They're starting to kind of take in mold and other things that are going to make them last um, less time, right? Or die quicker, I guess. Yeah.
1: Here's something I've been told, but I feel like in practice, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to change the water every day
0: you know, I think every day is a little extreme. Okay, so, yeah. So some people might say that. I would say every like four days, even. Okay. Um. And okay. and really, you can also do it by sight. So especially if you have a clear vase, if it starts mm-hmm. to look murky, then absolutely change it. Um. If it's a non-clear vase, then yeah, you might have to kind of peek inside and go, oh, how's that water doing? But every right. third or fourth day, I think is is more than enough. The other thing to note is that flowers do drink a lot of water. We don't actually think it so. If you put flowers in a vase, I was just, I have some actually out there just now that I'm thinking of, and the water is very low. So you also want to watch that, um, especially if you have stems that are at different lengths to make sure all the right. stems are still reaching the water, right?
1: What about water temperature? Does that
0: factor in? This is going to blow a lot of people's minds. You okay. should actually put your flowers in warm water first oh everyone would think oh cold 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 they got to be cold but warm water is easier for your flowers to drink it's the same as the human body actually because don't they oh. say we're supposed to drink room temperature water right. versus cold or it just our bodies react to it differently but for flowers so not hot um although i have Well, I'll I'll hold on to that. I have another tip for you in a second, but definitely warm water. So it should not be ice cold when you bring those flowers home because you want, because they are thirsty at this point if they have been out of water for a while. Right. So you want to give them something that's easy to drink quickly.
1: Wow. That's a great tip. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll be using that one for sure. What's this Mm -hmm. other tip of yours?
0: (laughs) Well, then I was like, oh, there is a time to use hot water. So there are some flowers that are very finicky and um, can... I guess, die or wilt quickly, but they can also be brought back to life. So the number one flower, if anyone out there is a hydrangea fan and right. they ever get cut hydrangeas. So often you'll get a beautiful bouquet. Oh my God, it's got three or four hydrangea. This is lovely. And then the next morning you'll get up and the hydrangea will be like, like, it'll look dead. It'll be all wilty. All, yeah. that, all it needs. I promise you, if you take it out, just wiggle it out of the bouquet, give it a fresh cut, put it in hot water within about an hour or two. It'll look as fresh as new it just drinks it up and it brings it back to life
1: is it safe to say that the hydrangea of all the flowers is maybe the kind of flower that likes a, a warm tea or a hot tea like some people are like that it might be the brit, the most british of flowers one you know could what? say
0: perhaps it is yes it doesn't
1: appreciate a cold lemonade it would rather
0: okay. a warm tea break
1: <laughs> all right, Leslie. let me ask you this since we're on flowers tell me about your favorite flowers and what flowers are great for arranging? What flowers mm-hmm. aren't your favorite? Just some. Fl- let's just talk
0: flowers. Oh gosh, yes. Okay, this is tough because to name my favorite flower, oof, it's it's tough. Um, I love. Oh my well, stock is one of my most favorite flowers. And for anyone who's listening, maybe tomorrow um, when they have some time, Google what a stock is. Flower. There. I have abs-
1: no. I have no idea what a stalk is. Oh,
0: when you see it, you might go, oh, that? So they kind of look like a snapdragon or like a larkspur, like one of those taller flowers where
1: um,
0: they're like a long sort of vertical kind of flower. But like there's...
1: almost like a gladiola Gladi- no
0: but but, no. but um fluffier like as if so long and tall like a not quite as tall as a gladiola but they kind of look like um are, uh, again i'm just going to name probably other flowers that maybe you don't know like, delphinium like, no
1: oh delphinium yeah Okay, it, okay. It's, it's not like a grass, like a pompous grass, right? No, 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 no. Okay. They're okay. a very
0: fluffy, romantic, like beautiful flower. That's why I love I them. But okay. yeah, but they have like lots of blooms. So like it's a long stem with like lots of blooms. So like from, you know, there might be like five or six inches of bloom up the stem, if that makes sense. Okay. And they're kind- so oh go ahead. You kind of like a yeah. I was gonna
1: say kind of like a lupin, like lupinesque or yes,
0: like a lupin. Okay. Okay, you do know lupins. Okay, good. Yes, like a lupin. So, yeah, like Snapdragon, lupin, delphinium, stock, those are all the same kind of like tall flower with like lots of blooms, right?
1: Okay, yep.
0: Yes. But stock also have the most amazing smell. They almost smell like fresh green apples. Which I know seems impossible, but if you get a fresh, like every time I go into a flower shop, if I'm working or whatever I'm doing, I'll just take a big bunch of stock and just sniff them. Um, And they come in gorgeous flowers, purples, lavenders, pinks, cream, white. Um, So they're really, really pretty. That's definitely one of my favorite things. Um,
1: It sounds like they also add height and a bit of drama to your arrangement. Absolutely. Especially
0: because they can, like the purple is such a dark, gorgeous, rich purple that that can add the drama for sure. Um, But then again, what's nice is even if you're doing a low kind of like tight arrangement, like maybe something in like a round bubble vase or something like that, they can give a little bit of height, but still add to the thickness because they are such a fluffy, thick flower. So even if you cut them a little bit shorter, they're still kind of poking out of the arrangement, but adding to the, the bulk, the bulk of it, if that makes Wonderful.
1: sense. Wonderful. For sure.
0: Beautiful. I mean, and then of course I, I do love, I I do like roses. I have nothing against them, but you know, they're not like top, top of the list, but they can be beautiful okay. as well. I do like hydrangea. Um, Oh, what else are favorites? Button. What, um, where do
1: you stand on one of my favorite flowers, which oh. is, I I never know how to pronounce it correctly. So forgive oh, me, uh, Leslie, I'm going to say that off the top. Anthony Anthuriums?
0: Oh, anthuriums. That was it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a, the tropical, right? And, yes. And you you like the um, sort of the red or, or I guess they come in many different colors. Oh, they can come in pink and white. So I'm just picturing them all now.
1: Here's um, why I love them. Yeah, so when amazing. I was a kid, there was a television show called Fantasy Island. Oh, and whenever, <laughs> yes, <laughs> whenever yes. the guests would get off the plane and be in this fantasy island world, there was always these... Um, These flowers, these anthuriums, I think is how you say them, anthuriums. And um, I always thought they were so exotic. And at that time, I had never seen one in real life because they were tropical flowers. And at that time, I don't think we had the same sort of ability to have flowers shipped from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Cut to years later, I saw them in real life and they look so waxy and they look so almost like. They they almost don't look like real flowers, but there was something so fascinating and nostalgic for me that I love those flowers. You're so right. They look like
0: plastic. Or you yeah. said wax, wax or plastic. Yeah, yeah. Pla- sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think well that's what's great, because so now we're this, now we're in a different genre of flower, which is the tropicals. <laughs> no, yep. no, but that's great because because that's all the tropicals. So okay. how do I feel about the anthurium? Mm-hmm. I will say tropicals aren't my favorite. I I, I do prefer, or like if I was making, but I, but I, they are gorgeous and I can appreciate especially the Anthurium because I have had arrangements with, especially when they come in shades of pink that you almost don't expect. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah, it's kind of mean for me to say that, um, that, um uh tropicals aren't my favorite because they are gorgeous but uh but yeah I think I prefer more like fluffy gardeny romantic that kind of thing but um but the anthurium is birds of paradise is in that category I don't know how you feel about those love them um yeah (laughs) dendrobium orchids which come in like gorgeous purples lime greens like you can make some pretty spectacular stuff with with tropicals I feel like I've been too hard on them now by saying they're not my favorite (laughs)
1: but. <laughs> Where do you? How do you feel orchids fit in the flower bouquet or arrangement mm-hmm. uh, hierarchy? I guess
0: hierarchy. It depends on the kind because a dendrobium okay. orchid can be beautiful because mm-hmm. again they have length and height, right? Because they mm-hmm. they're, they're going to long flower with like many stem or many blooms on the stem, so they can be very beautiful and they do give your arrangement kind of, especially if it's like a hand tied bouquet almost an exotic feel, which I think it can be really, really pretty and very special. It feels very different, but I do truly love a Cymbidian orchid. Oh wow! Um, so the Cymbidians are, I don't, um, how to describe there. They're a one larger bloom. So often okay. they're by themselves. It's one large bloom, almost the size of the palm of your hand, I would okay. say. And they can come in again, lime greens, rich purples, white with gorgeous pink centers, um, Purpley pink. And often what you do with a Cymbidian orchid is they also come on a giant thick stem with like 25 of these flowers on it. But often florists, we we cut off each bloom and sell each bloom separately. That's how gorgeous they are just as one piece. I see. And then we wire them. So we stick a little, we usually put them in like a a, a tube of water, like a rose tube. Sure. Um, and then we wire them onto a longer stick or something. And then we put them into arrangements and bouquets. Um oh, wow. But they're so, again. They almost like your anthurium. They don't quite have a fake look, but they're a sturdy flower, like the anthurium yeah. is sturdy. Like so, they're sturdy or almost waxy or plasticky, um, but so stunning. So for me, a cymbidian orchid in an arrangement or a bouquet is stunning, like next level.
1: Oh, um, wow.
0: And a, a, a bride bouquets, um, uh, wedding bouquets, definitely very popular because they're these gorgeous again, romantic, rich, uh, really pretty flowers.
1: Are there difficult flowers to have in an arrangement?
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Tulips are very hard. This is why. (laughs) Um, Tulips uh, open and very quickly and they continue to grow when they're in water so if you buy some tulips today and you cut them in three or four days they're going to be two inches longer so what that just means is that it's hard to put them in an arrangement because they're going to change size and shape it's not like they're going to stay where you put them basically if that makes sense yes the other thing that's hard about the tulips is that they and any flower that has that juicy stem so like mm-hmm. a tulip a daffodil um hyacinth, which I do love hyacinth, but they have a juicy, juicy stem. They can be difficult um, to put in vases because the thems. So if you're doing a taped vase, which is where you take a vase and we put clear tape to make kind of like a grid over the top of the vase. And then we use that to hold the flowers as we kind of arrange them. Right. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. The other thing you can do, though, of course, is an oasis arrangement, which is floral foam, which is like green foam that you soak in water and then you stick the flowers in it. Um, so you can make arrangements that way, but that's very difficult with flowers that have juicy stems because oh, you right. go to stick it in the foam and it just, it, it doesn't want to go in. You have to really work it in or your stems break a lot because the, the juicy stem won't go in the juicy foam. You know what
1: I mean? Is Yeah. Is that when a frog comes to the rescue?
0: And, uh, wait, is it because he, he drinks all the juice out of the stem?
1: No. Isn't that what that's called, Um, Leslie? I'm not sure. It's like this spiky thing that you put. It's like this round. Isn't that called a frog? Maybe I got it wrong. Now I feel like I got it wrong. No, you're going to love this. I
0: don't know what that's called. But I think isn't that – are we talking about the thing which is very popular in Japanese? uh, floral arrangements, which would use a lot of your tropicals, like ethereums, because often a Japanese style arrangement is like minimalistic or it's got more of those like long, you know orchids and things. So normally the the base, like it's it's all these flowers coming out of that little frog, that little like comb thing. Is that what you mean? The
1: little comb? yeah, it looks like a it looks like a spiky yeah. puck. And yeah. those spikes spike up. and then yeah. you put i you put flowers in the spike so that they stay. Yeah. And I th- I always thought it was called a frog, but I could be wrong, but that's how I know it and that's why I was thinking maybe a juicy stem sits better on a frog well, than in that foam.
0: It would a juicy stem would sit better on a frog. You're right. Okay. Um but I I will say this, I've never combined foam and the frog. Okay. So maybe I have to. <laughs>
1: uh, I thought the I thought the frog's is its own thing and the foam is its own thing and never the two shall meet.
0: Yeah, I, I've never had the two meet. But also okay. after this, I do have to Google what the, that thing is called. And if it you're probably right, it is called a frog. And I just never knew that.
1: I bet in the industry, it's not called that. It's called like a pincushion or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys have a different term for it. And I mm-hmm. think just, you know, for we who buy things online, they want to give it a fun name. I'm oh, sure yes. that's why it's called a frog. Um let me ask you this, Leslie. Yeah. You, you are from originally from Halifax in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Now you live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference in the flowers that you arranged in both places? Have you noticed a difference? Like, are the flowers different that you're arranging? Are they fresh, certain flowers fresher? Tell me, tell me your impression of having arranged in both places.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I also did do a pit stop and arranged in Toronto as well. So I have three. Okay. So definitely the flowers in Nova Scotia are more expensive. They just, not a lot. there. We do have some local product, okay. but the season for local um, Nova Scotia product is shorter. It's It really is restricted kind of to summer. So from like May to August, you're probably getting maybe more of the local stuff. And then otherwise you're shipping stuff in. So probably less tropical, less you know, roses might be a little more expensive because they're coming from Ecuador or Colombia or all of those things. Sure. Um, Toronto was somewhere in between where seasonally, you know, um, again, there would be some local, uh, but... But always there's always the option to get stuff that is coming from Hawaii or again South America or maybe somewhere in the states, but Toronto again would have some local stuff um definitely like certain kinds of hydrangea for sure would be cheaper in Toronto at a certain t- at certain times of year, as well as peonies, which okay. um, had a very short season that's that peonies are often a flower you don't ship in. Um, just because they're so delicate and they don't last very long, but
1: they're gorgeous. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I forgot those in my favorite list. Um, We
1: talk about peonies a lot on this podcast, Leslie. Yeah, because they're the flower that requires ants to help open them (gasps) up.
0: Of course they are. Yes.
1: So for some reason, and and they're the type of flower. So long story short, because I've said it before on the podcast, but I I transplanted my mom's peonies from her house to mine when she moved. And they're also a finicky flower. So they might be like, you move, you move me to a different area. I'm not going to bloom for two years type thing. Right. But my, but my mother's bloomed the next year and I was really happy. And then I had a window put in my front. And of course the people putting in the window trampled all over my peonies, but they bloomed again the next year. And I was like, this is great. These peonies. And then this year They decided to replace the fire hydrant that happens to be right in front of my house on my property. And by doing that, they ripped it completely out and really disturbed all my flowers in the front, uh, Leslie. And so I'm just crossing my fingers and stay tuned, friends, to hear if my peonies bloom this year and I'll take pictures and send them out. But uh, you have to. Yeah, there there are personal. I guess you could say the peonies is the flower of the insomnia project. So thank you for bringing that one up. Oh my Leslie. god, I'm
0: glad <laughs> they came up. Yes, yes. Um, well, all, well. Interestingly enough, I will say there's peonies are more readily available um, in California for sure. And I would okay. say in general, what I've noticed is we have. I would say lot more variety for more of the year I think is what I've noticed in California so whether it's locals or tropicals or there's just more product um less expensive and just kind of more of it is what I have noticed here
1: have you been to the flower market in downtown LA
0: you I I can't believe I haven't been yet but okay. my friend and and we were I think uh, cuz a good friend of mine goes every Sunday, pretty much, or at least every second Sunday. And she is just like, you have to go, Leslie, you have to go. So I will. And when I do, I will take some pictures, I will share it on social media, and I will probably lose my mind.
1: I went for a friend's <gasps> oh, wedding when went. I was... That, it, it's 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 impossible to describe. <gasps> so we were in LA for a friend's wedding. <clears throat> and my wife went to the flower, the flower area in downtown LA. And I went to the jewelry... Or the, the the gems and jewelry making area of, of Los Angeles, which are both downtown and not far from each other. Right. And my mind was completely blown because of everything I saw in the jewelry district of Los Angeles is incredible. And then wow. going from these vibrant gems everywhere and beautiful jewelry being made and then going to the flower district, it was just it was just incredible to see the amount, the scope and the different kinds of flowers that were mm-hmm. available there. It's its incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the variety is, again, quite remarkable. Sure. Um, and again, in, in every season, because I've worked, you know, I guess Valentine's would be more winter, Mother's Day is mm. obviously spring into summer. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. I, I have to go. I have to go to this flower market.
1: Most definitely. You have to go. Let me ask you this, Leslie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not a florist. I'm not an arranger, but I'm certainly someone who buys flowers. Yes. What's a good tip for for those of us who call florists to buy flowers? What should we be saying to florists that make the arrangement prettier or make your job easier?
0: Oh, what a great question. Because listen, it's very tempting to go online and pick like a picture from online, but that mm-hmm. is the most restrictive thing you can do and probably will end up giving you something that you you didn't really imagine because as the florist, I'm going to try and make it like the picture, but I'm going to have to substitute things or maybe it won't be quite. And of course I'll try to make it beautiful, but right. here's what you should do. Call okay. your florist and you can give them some guidelines. So know how much you want to spend. Um, so, you know, I know I want something for $70, I want it in, uh, and then give them a color palette. So either bright and colorful, pale and, and pastel, um, or, you know, pink, orange, this person's favorite colors are purple and white, you know, give us a palette to work within. Right. Okay. Um, and then if you desperately have one or two favorite flowers, you can say, can it include some roses? Can it include some tulips? But the less restrictive you are. And to be honest, the more you leave it to the designer's choice, you're, Nine times out of 10, you're going to get something much more beautiful. So give your florist some guidelines, but don't be super specific because then you're sort of, you're backing us into a corner where we'll try to make what you're sort of picturing, but it's never going to be exactly like you're picturing or maybe we don't have the exact flower that you want. So yeah, if that makes sense, give us the guidelines and let us do our thing.
1: Okay. So, Leslie, I'm going to give you some guidelines. Assume you have whatever flower you could possibly want in front of you. Mm -hmm. And assume my budget is between $70 and $100. Mm -hmm. I'm a big spender today. All right. Okay. If I said something like tall and spiky, Mm -hmm. what would you put in that arrangement?
0: Okay. So I'm definitely going to put in uh, some dendro, we're going to go get some dendrobian orchids because they're going to be gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Tall and spiky. I think, it- oh, but wait, now I want to put curly willow and I'm not sure if that's going to go with the orchids. We'll see. We'll see. So I want some curly willow because it's very seasonal this time of year. And that's kind of like a pretty branch that's going to go up and around. Then I'm going to go snapdragons. I am going to put some stock in there because they're tall, but they're still going to give it a little bit of kind of Um, thickness. Then I am going to put in some, some roses as those are going to kind of, because something that's all tall and spiky, we need to fill it in a little bit. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be outlined with the snapdragons, the curly willow, the stock. Then we're going to get some roses in there and then probably some ranunculus because they're just so gorgeous this time of year. I can't even handle it. Okay. And I think the look that I'm creating in my mind with the curly willow and the roses, it's a little bit fresh and woodsy, but it's a little bit romantic as well. So I'm going to get some of those ranunculus in there. And um, and yeah, and that's going to be beautiful. Then okay. I'll look at it. I'll fill it out with whatever sort of we need. But sure. yeah, that's how I'm going to start. Yeah.
1: Do you have a go-to filler, Leslie?
0: I, uh, wax flower probably. Um, I don't love baby's breath. Um, and that's not just because it's popular not to like it because it is popular to also like it. Some people really love it, Sure. but I think it's also very difficult to work with baby's breath because it's so fluffy and it breaks so easily. And it's so chunky that to put it into an arrangement, um, it kind of, it just kind of clumps. You can't really spread it around and make it kind of nice and even. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So for me, it's not my favorite, but I'll put it in if you are really in love with it. But wax comes in a lot of beautiful colors, whites, pinks, purples, and um, it, it's, it's soft and, and um, it, it can be spiky. So it might go into your spiky arrangement because it can be long and tall, but it can also be a little more clumpy. So if I was doing a, an arrangement that needed some filler like that. I would definitely do that. Oh, and one more, hypericum, yes. hypericum. Ooh. If you've never if you don't know what hypericum is, google it.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: But they almost look like berries on a stick, truthfully. Oh. But they come in like lime green and like soft pink and white and all these like gorgeous colors that you wouldn't expect and they can really add like dimension and just something really different to an arrangement that just you're like, "Oh, this is so beautiful." Um, so they can really add something.
1: Is there an unsung hero? in the flower arranging world.
0: What is the uns? I think it's greenery in general. Okay. And I'm going to say this because a lot of people are like, not too much greenery. Um, I once had right. a man say, I'm not buying a salad here.
1: Right. And I, okay. and I just
0: wanted to turn to him and say, if I put no greenery in this, you'll take it home. And imagine a vase of flowers with just, I mean, you can do it, but if you want sure. a vase that's full of only flowers and no greens, it's going to be a lot of flowers. You're talking about $100, $200 worth of flowers to fill a vase where it, it looks full. Right. However, you can spend $30 on some gorgeous blooms, and then I'll come in there and I'll put in some gorgeous salal, maybe some seeded eucalyptus, uh, maybe even a little bit of bear grass or something, and it's going to fill that out and it's going to give a collar and it's going to hold your flowers in place and you're going to have a beautiful bouquet. But if you're all, oh, no greenery, no greenery. Right. Yeah, so that's the sun hero I for mean,
1: sure. You could take a big monstera leaf stem, mm-hmm. yes. cut it, and put it in a vase, and it just yes. brings drama. And then you just need one other flower in there, and you've got a most beautiful arrangement.
0: Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh, my
1: goodness. Linda, um, Linda, uh, Leslie, Linda. I I don't even know where I am right now I know, because I'm because caught up in-
0: Those leaves.
1: Um we're coming to the end of this episode, but I feel like there's so much more flower to talk about. There Are there? Is. is there anything that we didn't mention that has come up in your mind that you're like, oh, I want to say this, or I want to mention this about flowers?
0: Yes. I forgot okay. something very important. For so sure. one great way to make an arrangement for yourself at home very quickly, if you just have a vase. is Oh, take
1: your time. It's not a problem. Leslie, you tell us. You tell us okay. everything we need to know.
0: <laughs> All right. I will. So you've got your flowers and you want to make an arrangement. So So basically what you do is you arrange them in your hand first right so you start putting them in your hand and you put them in like kind of at at an angle right so this one goes in this way this one goes in this way and you're sort of imagine if you're holding your hand like a little you know circle and then you're putting the flowers in right so then you can look at it and you can see how it's going to look and all the the flower stems should be crisscrossed right so that there's one point where all the stems are kind of close together in that circle of your hand if that makes sense
1: Okay. Yeah. So they're,
0: right? Is this they're, sense?
1: They're, yeah. They're bunched in tightly. one, tightly in one area. Okay.
0: Exactly. But at the bottom, yeah. the stems are kind of going out in different directions because they're crisscrossing, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Then what you do is where your hand is, you can tie a piece of ribbon or some twine or an elastic or something to hold the, so it's almost like you're making a neck. So all the flowers are held together at that neck. Okay. And then the stems can go whatever way underneath. It doesn't matter because you're going to put those in the vase. But then you have that and it's then you can put it in any size vase. You don't have to worry about how wide your vase is because often we have vases that are so wide, but again, not enough flowers to fill them. But if you sure. make that arrangement in your hand first and then you just tie the flowers together, they're not going to go anywhere. Then you can cut your stems on an angle, drop that into a vase and your arrangement is, is done for you. So no wow. matter- What you've brought, you know, if somebody brings you, you know, a dozen roses in a box, that looks beautiful in the box, but how do I now transfer them into a vase? Well, try this. Try kind of arranging them in your hand and then tying them so that they kind of look like a bouquet and then put them in your vase.
1: It's also brilliant if you have a garden and, you know, you want to put an arrangement together and you're like, okay, what do I cut? What do I, how do I do this? You can put them in your hand and form that bouquet whilst you're in your garden Tie it off, bring it inside and put it in your vase and away you go. Exactly. And then boom, you're done. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. That's oh, the, that's
0: but... it. That's what I should have opened with. That was the number one tip that thank goodness I remembered it.
1: Well, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this, Leslie. <laughs> How do you deal with thorns on a rose?
0: Oh, so I take them off with a knife. So, so just
1: peel them back like you're peeling an apple or something, like just strip them off? Is that yes, what you do? Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. So just at the base of the thorn, just take the knife. And again, always do this away from you so you don't cut yourself. Okay. And you just like, floop, like, floop, floop, floop. You're just sort of like picking them off like a little peel, like just doop,
1: and Oh, doop. my goodness. Yeah. Well, Leslie... Thank you so much. I've learned so much in this episode, and I hope you have too, listening. If you want to see some of Leslie's designs, you can follow her on Instagram at Leslie Siler, and I'll have that in the show notes. Leslie, thank you so much for being a guest on The Insomnia Project.
0: Oh, Thank you for having me back, Marco. It's always so much fun to talk to you and just like get really deep into a topic. I love it.
1: So great. Well, we'll have to have you back and talk either more flowers or another topic. Leslie, you're a wonderful guest. Thank you. Oh,
0: absolutely. Thank you, Marco. So nice to be here.
1: And I hope our listeners were able to gain some knowledge. And if you were excited as I was during this episode and weren't able to fall asleep, well, I hope you have some relaxing tips on what to do with your flower arrangement. And the rest of you, I hope you were able to listen and sleep.